Hello, and welcome to the Equus Film and Arts Fest podcast, the only program for horse lovers who have a fondness for horses in film, art, and literature. Each week, we will have interesting conversations with equestrian filmmakers, artists, and authors from around the world, discussing the nature and challenges, as well as the triumphs of creating their work. Ready to talk horses and film and the arts? Here's your host, Julianne Neal, along with Lisa Dearson, festival founder and director. Hi, welcome to the Equus Film and Arts Fest podcast. I'm your host, Julianne Neal, and I'm here this morning with Lisa Dearson. Lisa, how are you doing today? Hi, Julianne. I'm I'm doing as well as can be expected. We're all healthy here. Good. We're getting good. ready to start our second week of Illinois quarantine stay-at-home order. They've closed the beach and the lakefront in Chicago because mm. people were out not listening. So it's a strange time. Interesting, though, to see how mm. you know who listens and who doesn't and. Yeah, and it's interesting to see how the horse community responds. And, you know, I, I'm working with a group to put some things together for a class, an online equine class. And some people can get to their horses. Some people can't. If they're at a boarding barn, they can't even visit. Some of them, it's different right. hours. So how is it where you are? Well, our barn is close to borders, both barns where the, the horses are at. And I was talking to Paulina who uh, they own equestrian events where uh, five of the horses are at and she was saying how now it's you know because people are so freaked out that they can't be there with the horses they're actually sending you know not so so many nice messages and that to the staff and they're upset because they can't get to their horses well staff is doing the best that they can and it's kind of like you just want to say people chill out a little and it's you know let's get through this couple of weeks and when you get back you'll appreciate everything and everybody and the horses and all of that more you know from for this time away and it's just I couldn't believe it last night when she said she was so mentally exhausted because people yesterday were just kind of mean so yeah i can't imagine that you would be mean and cruel to the very people who are taking care of your horse during a time like that but um i think the best and the worst comes out in people while something like this is going on i guess right right and we're at our other barn where the other batch of our horses are at which is fox landing laura is posting up pictures every day so that all the the boarders can see their horses when they do turn out and she's got a group set up a group page set up on Facebook for all the boarders so they can all talk and you know see their horses when she when she puts information up so you know it's, everybody's learning how to deal with this in different ways mm-hmm. um, it's you know it's just to me this we're living through history yeah. you know I I not I would much rather God, I can't even say that but living through I don't think I'd read I think this is a way for us to live through history that we are learning that we need to come together and be supportive of each other and our loved ones and our family and our and our neighbors versus being in a world war where 
if there's anger and hatred towards each other. This we're in a global war, but we're in all in this global war together, mm-hmm. and we're having to lean on each other. And things we're seeing here because you know now the hospitals they're expecting in the next two days for Chicago area hospitals to start to get really inundated with the. Um, you know, we're starting to hit our peak. Mm-hmm. So people are joining together and because they're, they've run out of masks at the hospitals, they're sewing, people are sewing masks. And today on the news, they were showing how even the baseball, the company that makes the baseball uniform is making masks and gowns for the hospitals, but they're using the, the baseball uniform material. Oh, that cool. was on CBS News this morning. So it was like everybody's kind of banding together and doing what they can do. And I think that's what will come out of all of this is, you know, how we've, we've seen that people have been able to reach out and, and help each other and be supportive of each other. Right. Through this. Well, I've seen a lot of that with the sewing mask. I think Heather Reichel was the first person I saw on Facebook. She'd started, she had a pattern and she and Becky were doing some and I thought, what a great idea. And you're right. It's taken off and um, different. I've seen all kinds of different materials being used. So yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so it's a strange time, but we're living through history and we all need to, you know, kind of take notes, take mental notes because Hopefully we won't ever go through this again exactly. in our lifetime. It, it seems that since 9-11, it's every, you know, we, we're going through so much, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, hopefully this will, this will shake itself out too. And, you know, the world has survived through the black plague and it's been interesting too, you know, doing research and looking back and following the history of some of these big pandemics and that throughout the global history and seeing, you know, how, how these different pandemics have completely decimated societies and like, wow. Mm. So it made me want to go back and study more at school. Right. Right. Well, (laughs) speaking of school, I mean, our school has totally changed. Like I have a picture of, of myself waiting on a zoom chat room for my students to join in because everything now we're doing is online. And I was like, yeah, there's the equivalent of me standing at the door waiting on them to come in because we're, we're just having to totally revamp, you know, education. And I guess in a sense, the good thing is we're seeing that it can be done. And so mm-hmm. talk about differentiated learning. We're, we're having to do all kinds of different things to keep everybody engaged and, um, you know, just keep things moving along so that we all don't go so stir crazy. So I know you're online every day and I've seen, I mean, you've posted hundreds of films on, on the film channel. So how's that going? Well, we're, we're loading up new films every day. It's, it's really exciting. Um, the interest in the film channel is, is going very well now. So that's, that's good for everybody, um, for all our filmmakers to be able to get, you know, get their work out there. That's the goal is to get it beyond just the big screen to the small screen to everybody's screen. So Mm -hmm. that's what, that's what we're working on now. And with so many big film festivals canceling, um, you know, major film festivals, our platform, Benjamin, has been just kind of inundated with new um, 
with new festivals coming onto our, onto the film festival flicks platform. So this, mm-hmm. that, you know, it's growing and that's really great. Yeah. That I hadn't even thought about that, that, that there might actually be other festivals that would, would kind of jump in on that. So that's oh, really good. News. I talked to, I talked to a filmmaker yesterday who's working on a, a documentary called If Wishes Were Horses, mm-hmm. which I can't wait till we get this documentary into the festival. Uh, it is about two women dentists, equine dentists, who travel all over in Oklahoma together. They go from farm to farm. But the super interesting thing about it is one of these women is a cancer survivor, and the other woman lost two of her children in the Oklahoma City bombing. And they, you know, they both are unbelievably strong women, and they've come together, and this filmmaker is creating this documentary on them. And it's just, it's just beautiful. I think I sent you a link to it last night. Mm-hmm, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a beautiful trailer. People can see the trailer up on our Facebook page. Um, it's so, it's just so well done. And that filmmaker runs a film festival in, um, Oklahoma that is, um, Native American and, um, Hispanic and kind of a, a, that kind of themed film festival. And they've already had to, you know, they're canceling for this year. Hmm. So, um, I think it's called um, Oklahoma America Film Festival. Or I'll have to look that up and put a link because his his festival looks so interesting. Mm-hmm. It does. That sounds really cool. Well, I think the fun thing now, too, is to go back through. We're still, for our podcast here, we're still posting some of the interviews from you know, last, last December in Kentucky. And so it's been just really neat to see different people coming together for the festivals, but also, you know, continuing those relationships. So the interview that we're going to hear today is with Charles Perry and Cody Bundy. Who's another Oklahoman. Oh yeah. 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 So, so he's the filmmaker. We have Cody Bundy who is an artist and we have Karen Saylor, who is also a filmmaker, and I think she does a little bit of everything. So um, it was just neat to see them. They they were waiting outside. I think they were the last interview of the day, that day that we um, brought them into the studio. And they'd been sitting out there chatting and just decided to come in together. So um, it's going to be neat to hear from them. Well, and Cody's artwork is so interesting because she does ink etching, mm-hmm. which it is kind of a lost art you She's probably our first ink etching artist in in eight years wow. of having the festival, and I love her her work. So anybody that can get a chance, I'm sure you'll throw the link in mm-hmm. the notes. But her Definitely. work is just beautiful. She has a new piece she's working on right now. It's like a palomino, I think, looking out of a barn door. And she's I've been watching her on Facebook every day as she adds a little bit more to it, and it's really just so detailed and beautiful. I can't believe what all she's able to do with that so so yeah well and i'm so excited about charles documentary because it's the black cowboy it's that's just so beautiful and the piece that he brought to the festival that everyone got to screen was called the in um oh uh pony express Mm -hmm. was about relay racing with um the horses 
with the Black Cowboys. And it was just a super exciting. We ran that. We ran the Black Cowboys with the Spaghetti Cowboys and then into the Cowboys, a documentary portrait film. And it was just a powerful collection of films. So yeah. Bruce Charles is really just, he's a gifted filmmaker. And Karen's documentary, her magical journey, beautifully done. It's just a visual celebration of, mm-hmm. of course, the kind of horses. Yes. I'm a little, I'm a little biased. <laughs> You're prejudiced on that. Just, yeah, biased on yeah. that. It's just beautiful. And when people watch that, that film and watch her riding that horse everywhere, bitless, she doesn't, she rides in a bitless bridle. It's, it's just something to, yeah. to see. So it, you know, and talk about diversity, you know, from Karen, it's, her film is, you know, she's from Spain, but her, you know, the film is European and then mm-hmm. Charles is doing the black cowboys and Cody is doing this incredible etching artwork. Yeah. It was really just That's, a funny combination. It really was. Right. And Charles couldn't help himself. Even during the interview, we're sitting around a table and everybody had a microphone and out of the corner of my eye, I would catch that he was doing something. Well, he had his camera and he would get up from where he was sitting and go film them as they're talking. He couldn't help himself. He just had to have the camera in his hand. So it was well, really that's fun. how you filmmakers are. <laughs> well, it, we had a really good time with it. So I look forward to everybody hearing it. And um, I think it's it'll be fun to kind of forget about everything else for a little bit and listen to that. So I guess with that, we'll go off and listen. One of the best things about this film festival is seeing people meet up and the collaborative efforts that start here, that then probably next year you'll come back and have some things in the works that you didn't even think about before now, but you guys already had something together before That's you right. came. So I'm going to get everybody to, we'll go around and let you introduce yourselves and um, tell a little short something about your submission here, why you're here now. Then we're going to go into a little bit about the background of your work. So Karen, let's start with you. Introduce yourself and tell us about your work. Yeah, so I'm Karen Seider. I'm German, but I come from Ibiza in Spain. <laughs> And, um, well, I submitted my first film, it's a short film, and um, I'm, I'm still surprised to be here <laughs> because, um, well, I, I can say until February I had nothing to do with film. And in, yeah, in February this year, I, um, well, I uploaded a little movie about my true magical story about me and my horse on Facebook, and this little movie became viral. And it um, encouraged me to to, well, to tell the big story and to make a movie, which I filmed this August. Yeah? And now it's, it's done, and I'm here, so it's quite fast. I see it now, how fast it is, because other films take much longer. Well, I spoke with someone earlier today, Daphna Yakin. I think she started her film in 2005 and just finished it last year or something like that. So, yeah, well, you know, it's a documentary, and so it was spanning many years. But you are a miracle worker to be here and and to have it ready and submit it in time. So good for you. Congratulations. Yeah, Yeah, so therefore I'm still, I have to pitch myself more or less every 10 minutes. (laughs) 
Well, so you're, we're going to come back to you in a second and talk about your other artistic talents for sure. Um, we're also here with Cody. Talk, yes. talk about what you, introduce yourself first of all and talk okay. about why you're here, Cody. Uh, my name is Cody Bundy and I recently live in Utah and um, I have been an artist for, well, people say all their lives, but to seriously become an artist it was just recently like the last five six years and uh, we went to a Great Falls Montana um, Western Art Week and I saw my first scratchboard artist and it's a clay panel covered with ink and then you use tools uh, sharp knives and needles to remove and so you're drawing the highlights and I was hooked and I had a joined a a map program which is Montana entrepreneurs program Uh, Sherry Jarvis a little shout out to her she uh, helped uh, create that and uh, it what it does is it's artist teaching artists the business end of art. That's phenomenal. And that is actually where I met Charles Charles. Perry. And he was doing a documentary on that program. So it was uh, a way to, uh, they always encourage you to meet other artists, not just what you do, but other artists that are creative to collaborate with and that just really builds into that art promoting art sure yeah it's that feeling that we've got here or that we're getting here exactly. and um we'll go home and i'll be following you on facebook karen and, and looking <laughs> forward to what you're doing and sharing your work and then my friends are like how do you know someone all the way over in spain you know it's, so exactly. it's exciting it is and um we're able to share different types of work but also different topics of course yes and we may not all agree on the topics that are presented in the panels and that sort of thing but at least we're learning to listen to each other and yeah. um, it's all about the power of the horse right exactly and so we have a phenomenal filmmaker to my left <laughs> who's busy filming even as we record a podcast <laughs> i'm so impressed with him charles can you introduce yourself and tell us about your project my name is charles perry and um, i'm a filmmaker I'm originally from los angeles california in the last five years, I've been working on a documentary called The Black Cowboy. And, um, and what's a cowboy without a horse? You know, and, um, and uh, which brought me here, you know, and um, found more of a fondness and a, um, a desire to be around horses more, you know, because I'm a pet guy. I mean, I love my dogs. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not a cat person, but I like animals. So by default, I like cats. Mm-hmm. And um, but horses is one of those animals where, you know, you around them and you feel intimidated and curious and and want to touch it and want to not walk behind it. And, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, there's a power, the power of a horse. You just feel the energy of it. You know, mm-hmm. and I can't. I had to touch all the muscles on a horse. Even the ones mm-hmm. without muscles have muscles. You know, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, and they're amazing animals with their the eyes and the eyelash, beautiful eyelashes. Aren't and they? The eyes look. I mean, 
I grew to really appreciate horses and want to be around them and actually learn how to ride one these days. He's hooked now, isn't he? Yeah, there, oh, there gosh. you go. That is awesome. So we'll we'll talk about a little, a little bit of the connection between Cody and Charles. You met at this art. Yeah, they, they have what they call the gathering. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was at the end of the season or at, at end of the uh, program, uh, at the Radisson Hotel, they would set up and everybody would bring their art to the motel to show for their first show. Mm-hmm. And like I said, Charles was filming this process and he went around and would interview everyone. And on that particular night was the first time I ever sold a piece of art. And he was there and he uh, got that on film the emotions that I had. Well, but I, mentioned, wow. I met you before that. I yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Maybe the day before, my, my memories were, um, you know, I came, I, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know your story, you know, and and I walked to your booth and I just saw amazing art. Yeah, you wow. Know, and, and that was, I was just looking around and he told me, like, this is your first time and he told me your story. I'm like, I think I'm going to sell something. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you got something here. I think, I think you got it, you know. And, and I'm like, really? You know, with, with a little crack in your voice. You know, really? Isn't that cute? You know, and I'm like, yeah, I think you are. I, I think you got it. By, and I will come by, just check on you, say how you're doing. And then at the very end, that's right. when you sold it. And that is right. And I had the camera on you. That's right. That's when. You know, I'm caught in the moment. Yeah. 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 And I put it on the air. I think the governor saw it. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> he, he, he cried. He was crying. Wow. You know. Yeah. And, um, and I do, I still kind of remember your exact words when you said, that's oh, what's touching. Yeah. Touching. Mm. And so I um, do collaboration and like mm-hmm. artists helping out artists. And, mm-hmm. and I love good people. Mm-hmm. You know, you find good people. I want to keep them. Mm-hmm. You know, and um and yeah, I want to keep them and hold on to them, be friends, and like help each other out and keep it going. Yes, you know? yes. And, and that's what brings us here, um, mm-hmm. Cody here, because like, you know, it's it's a synergy. You know, it's yeah, artists helping out artists, and, yeah. and good people helping out good people. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, right place, right time mm-hmm. for you to have captured that moment. Right. And I'm sure the same thing with you, Karen. How? What was the process of your film? What What is the story behind it? What brought you to make it? Well, what brought me to make it is that um, seven years ago, not what seven years. I say five years because if I <laughs> talk about seven, it's too long. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, but five years ago, I um, I fell in love, and uh, but it lasted only three weeks. And mm. uh, as a farewell gift, that man gave me uh, a little equestrian figure. And it was apparently very old, so it was really very, very small. But it was, uh, yeah, a horse and and a, and a man on horseback. So um, this little equestrian figure, this um, it triggered me so much. I mean, I felt that it wants to tell me something, hmm. that it has to do something with me. And I started to search where it come from, when it was made. And so um, this path is over five years guided me to a past life what I had. And I found out that this little um, rider on a horseback, it was me 400 years ago. And 
Yes, and that's what I call my magical journey because it's such an incredible journey of coincidences, which are not no huh? right. coincidences. And I found um, a horse with a scar on his face, and this scar, um, the horse I had 400 years back, in a, as I was a female warrior, and um, that white horse I was, I, I, it was mine, and that horse had the same scar on the face. So there was a, a lot of incredible um, moments. And when I got the big picture, I decided to make a movie. Because for me, it's not important if people believe that it's true. Mm. But um, this story is so beautiful. It's a love story over <laughs> times. <laughs> yes. It's, of course, a love story between a woman and a man. But more than that, it's a love story between a horse and a woman, and um, it's about the history of women and the depression in the, in the Middle Ages. Mm. And that I'm back now, yes, I'm back, mm -hmm. um, to talk about exactly about that and to um, relieve that depression what is still on women. Because this memory of everything what happened to each woman in the, mid in the Middle Ages um, still lives in our salmon. Mm. And so I founded now a huge community of women to help them to get rid of that. Mm. So and you're still my helping. Movie, they start to um, talk about that and to also to remind their own hearts. So you've given them that opportunity and a venue to to start to share. And so I'm going to ask Charles and Karen about your process for filmmaking. So yours, Karen. You did you have the story in your head and a visual and you knew exactly how you wanted it to be or is it with like the authors I was talking to where it's um, I think they said pants or plan or something like seat of your pants are you are you flying by the seat of your pants or are you planning every little thing so did you have the film in your mind and you knew exactly how you wanted it to be or did it flow no I didn't know I only knew um, in one specific moment I knew in which village in France I lived 400 years ago. And then I um, bought a van, a truck, I loaded my horse and I, um, well, I sold my business and I said, I go back. And I um, lived now the whole summer in that village in France. And the moment I arrived, I just sat there, meditated every day and I said, okay, I don't have a, I don't have a clue what I want to film but I want to give life the opportunity to write the story. And from that moment on, it happened, everything happened. I mean, people crossed my way. I found the amazing, most amazing locations. Within four weeks, I got a full, um, a screenplay. Mm -hmm. I got the actors. Um, I, I, well, I had hired a film team before. Don't ask me how, <laughs> how I could do that, but I knew they would come in August. And when I arrived at 1st of July, or 1st of June in that village, I had not an idea what I want to film. So if you see that movie now and you see that it's really well done, you think, wow, I had somebody <laughs> yes. sitting there for wow. years to, to write that, to find locations and Sure. But it was not that. I just trusted. And, mm. and then it all for everything fall into place within four weeks. Mm. And nobody can believe that. Including <laughs> <laughs> That's like a miracle. Yeah. Wow. And this is how filmmaking can also be. Mm. It was 
really effortless. Mm. Yes. Ah. Well, we talked earlier with one of the other filmmakers, and and she's a friend of mine about this, like the idea of a fly on the wall, and you're you're mm-hmm. kind of just mm-hmm. there, you're not part of it. But then I heard them talking about the film with the minis, the miniatures, mm-hmm. and the end of life, right? And how the filmmaker was saying that in one moment, the man lying in the bed looked into his camera, which normally wouldn't you wouldn't do, right. but it was the camera wasn't even there. He was mm. looking into his eyes, right. and so he left that in the shot. Yeah. And I think that was an amazing, mm-hmm. really special moment. So I'm going to ask Charles to talk about his process with that. <laughs> I'm interrupted. I'm sorry. But with yours, are you? do you consider yourself like a fly on the wall and you're not there when you're making a film? This Yours is a documentary, but is that always how it is? You know, um, I maybe... Um, my approach is different, you know, and I kind of work backwards, you know, and so I, you know, I play sports so I was younger, um, you know, decent basketball player and, um, and come from a family of athletes and people who like are gritty, you mm-hmm. know, they get, they, they, it seems like everybody, um, sees their, um, where they came from, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I feel like I have to do the same, right? And so, um, so what I think about it is like really what I want and how I'm gonna get it. Mm-hmm. You know? And those are two things I focus on, what I want. And mm-hmm. I wanna be a filmmaker. I wanna make movies, that's what I want. How I'm yep. gonna get it, sometimes I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and so I just know that I wanna you know, be a successful filmmaker, so um, what, are, what are my competitive advantage, right? And so I look for stories that are um, haven't been told, mm-hmm. and um, and so I just know I want to make a documentary on um, first to start off as a black cowboy, uh, black rodeos, and ask myself um, where do these people come from? Mm-hmm. So it's like twelve thousand on one spot, and then they're all going to wake up one day and decide to be cowboys, <laughs> and, you know? And then it's it's keep getting deeper and deeper and deeper, and I'm shooting and. I really don't know why I'm shooting because I didn't do the pre-planning for it because oh. I just don't have the time. Right. You know, like I'm an older, you know, filmmaker, you know, trying to get established. So I have like two years to like do all the research. So I just throw myself in the fire and I figure it out. And um, and so, you know, to answer your question, which was... Or do you consider yourself like you're the fly on the wall, you're trying to stay out of it? Or you kind of, you seem today like you're right in it. I mean, here we're doing the podcast and you're like filming everybody. And I think that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I really don't know why I'm going to get out of this right now, but I know it's going to be something good. This episode of the Equus Film and Arts Fest podcast is sponsored in part by Nature's View, The Marley Project, and JA Media Productions. To learn more about what we do, visit naturesview.us. You're like yes. with your camera everywhere yeah, all the time. Everywhere. It was like that with my um, basketball. Mm-hmm. I was head around. I used to wear my basketball shorts underneath my suit pants so I'm like, hey, you want to play a game? And take my pants off and have my shorts on. And let's go play our one-on-one game and let you know I'm a better basketball player. And I was always ready. You know, same thing with snowboarding. You know, I, I picked up snowboarding because that's the only sport I had, you know, that mm-hmm. rush mm-hmm. that you get from going fast and not being on control at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I took that really far that, you know what, I'm going to work at a ski resort because that's where I'm going to be near it. 
And now, same difference is I, I got a pattern going on. Yep. I always have my camera with me. Yes. And maybe I'm lucky enough to have three passions in one life. Yeah. Mm. You know, and um, and what's your question? <laughs> you got, you've answered it. You really have answered it. Um. But but my now my next question though is you're filming all the time. It sounds like. Yeah. How do you keep track of your footage? Do you go back and watch everything now? Um, you know, I took it away. You know, I have a special folder for Cody Bundy. You have a special folder on my yeah. hard drive. Um, I thought you were going to say in my heart. I was going to say, oh, because y'all are obviously friends. Yeah, That's we, sweet. We're, we're friends um, for life. Um, and then my new friend for life, I feel like. Um, I, I mean, I have, these, I have these gut feelings, you know. And, yeah. You know, um, you know, I have a new folder for you coming up, you know, and I tuck them away. And, um, and then some nights, you know, and I have anything going on or... Or I'm thinking about somebody, or, mm-hmm. or and I just make you can some, pull it out. Yeah, I can pull it out because it occupies my mind too. Yeah, so, you know, like um, my friends are always been like, "Hey, come out to a bar." I'm like, "I'm good." Uh, and yeah. I stay up all night and editing, editing people's stories, and I feel like I give it to them. I feel like it's a gift. Yes, yeah, you that's know? special. And they will forget about it. They will totally forget about it. And then uh, as soon as they forget about it, I'll make something, and there you go. <laughs> wow, you know? that is a gift. It really is. So, Karen, how did you find, I'm, I'm thinking back to your four-week period of time and you're putting all this together, how did you find the people that fit your image on such short notice in a, in a different country? I mean, did you bring in your friends? Did you call people and, and you had connections? What in the world had let that happen? Magic. <laughs> She's not going to tell me, is she? <laughs> Well, I knew one lady, I mean, she was for me the key person, also she gave me, um, let's say, the idea that this could be the right village, mm-hmm. and yes, um, and then we've, she's also part of a big part of the movie, mm-hmm. um, but um, then um, the rest, because I didn't know what which story wants to reveal, mm-hmm. which story want to be told, but then through all the researches and uh, also the meditations, I call it a spiritual download of a story. Um, then um, I found the right people. I mean, they're yeah, it in just the happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and also in the, in the house, I rented an apartment in a house, and um, upstairs um, lived a, a young family with a little girl, uh, and they turned out to be um, musicians. She was a cello player, and he. Um, composing music and the little daughter of four years old I mean she was playing all day long with my horse because my horse lived in the garden mm-hmm. free mm-hmm. Um, and so this little girl played my the little me when hmm. I was 400 years ago um, and the, the parents they made the film music. Wow. wow now have they seen the film have yeah. you show, so have you had a screening there in the village? Yeah, yeah. We, no, um, not in the village because we had a, um, it, a week ago, exactly a week ago, it was the premiere in Germany. Mm. Oh, wow. And um, there I invited each and everyone to participate mm-hmm. in the film. Now, was your horse there? No. Okay, I wondered if it, no, you said, well, people, humans. 
Yes, yes. Yeah, no, he was not there. Physically not. Yeah. Right. But, <laughs> yes. but yeah. I was going to say the, the reason behind the journey for sure. And so, Cody, the, mm-hmm. the horses are the reason behind a lot of your work as well. Oh, we yeah. spoke a lot yesterday yeah, about did. that. The thing that I was really, really struck by, I think you know, there were two stallions. One of your right. one yeah. of your ink etchings yeah. really caught my eye. I mean, yeah. it's literally from across the room. Wow. Please explain the process of creating that piece. Okay. Um, that particular piece, uh, it's actually a scratch board board. And in a clay board called scratch board, they are uh, a sheet of clay, and then they are air- airbrushed with black ink. And I n- use knives to remove the ink, and then I paint it back with a brush different colors of ink. And that particular one is of two stallions that were uh, out of the Teton National Park in Wyoming, and they're nose to nose. And it, it, it is a, it is, it happens often, it, and it's, it's a magical moment when that does mm. out in the wild where you have two stallions that meet. Meet that way. But, yeah. you know, they're the, the younger, the bachelor stallions, they don't have any prestige mm-hmm. or anything yet. <laughs> they haven't proved themselves have, quite yet. They don't have a herd. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. that's that's basically the process. Well, the, I mean, just the overall beauty of the piece, of course, struck me. But then, too, like we, we talked about the difference in the detail in right. the mane. I mean, there's a flyaway one right, hair that exactly. just, you, you just see it. And then the color behind all of that. But right. then the airbrush at the bottom yes. is just this smooth, lovely that happens. Thank you. Thank you. It, it did turn out really well. And I, yes. yeah, I, I'm, I really like I'll that I'll remember piece. that one for a long time. <laughs> and the horses were behind both of those. So obviously for you, the horses were behind the black cowboys. But how close were you before you, before you got into this filming? How close were you to horses in the past, had you ever been around them before you started this documentary? Yeah, Charles, I, I I'm mean, sorry. I'm, no, I've been around them. Um, you know, I lived in um, LA, boy. Um, you know, went to college in uh, Wyoming, then transferred over to Montana, um, so I can be in the outdoors. Room. Mm-hmm. You know, people are like, why Wyoming? Why Montana? You know, it's because um, that's where the outdoors is at. Mm-hmm. That's where. I could go horseback riding and snowboarding and live in the snow and like go fishing and like do all those things I wanted to do as a kid, but I never had the opportunity. And the opportunity I had was like, you know, go to school around the corner from my house on scholarship, you know, that nothing would have changed. Mm-hmm. Or um, going to um, the unknown and um, go live that life when I had the chance. And I knew this from an early age, that's what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I mean, I used to ride my bike over 20 miles as a kid, you know, and go to the beach by myself or whatever. Nobody wouldn't take me or, or I would just hop on a train and, and get off and didn't know where the ending spot was when I was a kid. And, and you were then, brave. And then go yeah. back home and, and my mom was like, what you do all day? I'm like, nothing. You know, and <laughs> I mean, that's, that's always been me. And even with this filmmaking thing, like I'm right now, I'm on a journey right now where you know, I started this um, last year in January, gave up my apartment, packed up a car, mm. and um, I'm not going back home until I finish this documentary. Mm. And um, I've been on the road since last January, and um, living out of my car, and Airbnbs, 
apartment garages, like like camping. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, it's been it's been a journey. Well, you told me yesterday that you feel like that's a mission for you, and that there are stories that need to be told. And it looks to me like you have a knack for telling them, and that you're willing to get into the nitty gritty to do that. You know, um, um, I think you know, I think um, Karen said it too. I think in a way where you know when you make a decision, you know you burn the boats, you throw them the island, and then you have nowhere mm-hmm. else to go. Mm-hmm. You know, and I knew this was my passion, and, and I didn't want any kind of excuse for me to stop. Mm-hmm. You know, for me to stop doing. So if, if I'm into it, like you have, I have nowhere else to go, really, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's no behind. You know, it's forward. Right. You know, and as soon as you stop, it's over. And so mm-hmm. even when you're tired, you got to keep moving. I don't care if it's an mm-hmm. inch. Sure. Right. And so I just keep marching forward, you know, so I can finish this film because really it's not about filming, it's about completing it. Yes. And that's when it's truly done. Yeah. yeah. You know, and um, until that happens, then you got to keep on moving. Well, good. I mean, really, we were talking about there's a, I saw a postcard for African American jockeys here. And um, Jar and I were talking about that and just stories that aren't traditionally told that are so important to tell mm. and stories about women and, you know, yeah. the history behind yours, Karen. I mean, it's just I, I'm amazed every year at the different stories that are coming. Mm. It's not always just about, you know, we have a lot of things about veterans and horses and a lot of things about slaughter or rescue or whatever. Sure. And so to have some of the stories that are diverse and different and new, and um, it's it's been amazing to me to see all of that happen. Yeah, and you see a connection. There's connections there where, you know, um, um, in your movie, um, Karen's movie, um, she tells a story about a man, a woman dressed up as a man to go fight the war. Mm. That was so common. That happened mm-hmm. in the Civil War. Mm-hmm. You know, that's probably happening in almost every single war that a woman can get away with. Mm. That, you know, um, yeah, Civil War, I found, um, you know, women dressed up as men to fight in the Civil War. Mm-hmm. And so when I heard that, you know, I heard that story, and you hear it one time, that's one thing. Right. You hear it twice, that's okay. When you hear it a third time, it's like, okay, that... That happened. You know, yeah. that's like, it gets into you. Yeah. You know, and the more time you hear these stories of um, people that, you know, women and minorities especially, um, that um, a valor, of, of, of bravery, of artistry, whatever that is, of all, all these great accomplishments, the more time you hear it, the more time you just... It shouldn't be normal anymore. It shouldn't right. be surprising. Exactly. Hmm. You know? And hmm. so now, and so now, I wasn't surprised to hear it now because yeah, I, mean, yeah. I mean, I heard it's it. I'm there. Like, I'm like, yeah, I know that. <laughs> and that's what it needs to be. Yeah. yeah, it needs to be part of the common everyday conversation. And that's the power of being artists and filmmakers right. is that we have a chance to have a major impact into society and kind of change the narrative as women being weak, mm-hmm. or minorities not being as bright, mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. or as whatever else stereotypes are there. there, are mm-hmm. there. And the programs that we're doing in my school district, I'm in Fairfield County, and I want my kids to learn to be filmmakers. I want them to come learn from you. I want them to learn how to tell stories and to feel like it's their, it's theirs. they got to have the ownership. Mm-hmm. It's getting tingles by saying that because I like working with the kids, and 
Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. We, we can work that out. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, I just, I we have a little, the Spotlight Rescue Series is the one that we do. It's PSAs, and they're learning to be, become filmmakers. They're learning to tell stories. Yeah. I don't care if they become a filmmaker. I don't care yeah. if they become an actor or exactly. a musician. Be what you want to be, but tell your story. Yes. Tell your family's story, yes. you know. It, it just all needs to be out there. I never knew how the importance of a um, storyteller, really. Mm. I mean, I didn't know how, mm-hmm. you know, how impactful a storyteller is. I didn't, I didn't see that as an occupation. I just thought it saw it as a hobby. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. But, um, but storytellers are some of the most important people, mm-hmm. you know, on this planet. Absolutely. Right. And if you think about it in history, right. when we're talking about like Karen with your film, the storytellers then were passing everything down orally. Right. You know, we, we're here all now with all this technology and the, the ability to just see it on my phone in five minutes when you send it to me. But back then, it was an oral history. Mm-hmm. So if we don't learn how to teach the kids to continue to tell stories, I just don't want to think about us losing that with this next generation right. coming right. in. So however they're going to tell them, as long as they're telling them. Yeah. Yeah. So, Karen, for you, when you go back home, what's next? Can you, are you, is there a sequel? Is there, what are, what are you going to do? Well, what is next? Um, honestly, when I started to think about that movie that I want to tell the story, I have to say it differently. I wanted to tell the story. That was my motivation. There are different ways. I mean, there's a way that you can make a, a film or you can write a book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my main motivation was not to make a movie, hmm. it was to write a book. Ah. But, and now comes a marketer in me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, because I know that if I want to have the best publisher in the world for this novel, which is really a great story, much bigger than the film. Then I need to have, I need to show something. Mm. That was my main motivation mm. first. I mean, of course, and by, by making the film, I, I discovered that I'm a passionate filmmaker. Wow. <laughs> but, uh, that is your new career. Yeah, so, but before it was, okay, I make a movie, I um, attract a, a huge publisher, and so he, I can send him the movie, and then he knows what I want, the book I want to make. But that was um, that way around. That was your so plan. Now I will do it the other way around. I have now a great movie, and I want to write the novel. I will do it next year. Mm-hmm. And maybe then could be even uh, the story could be told also on a bigger scale. Well, in, now, in with, the, with all the authors here, have you had luck talking to anybody about how to find that publisher now? No. So yeah, tonight. That's your mission that's, tonight. That's the first time that I get the call. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I know somebody. You need to talk to Carly Kate or MJ Evans. I mean, that now you're a part of the Equus family, mm. and you can follow them. They can follow you. And um, there is there's a lot out there. There are a lot of people out there that w- are willing to help. And um, Carly Cade has a podcast herself, Carly Cade Creative, and she has authors on every week. And I have to give a shout out to Ray Rankin, who's here this weekend also, and she's an author. And I listened to the podcast they did together a couple of weeks ago, and Ray went all into self-publishing and how to get your ISBN numbers and how to get on Amazon and how to do it yourself. So you may find you don't even need to you know, find that publisher. Do it yourself. 
Do the big time. I see. Yeah. I see. It's, but maybe it's wrong, but it, it's behind that. Huh? Yeah. And we never know the way I, I go now. Absolutely. I'm absolutely open, and the first thing is to write it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And what comes next? I think I will, um, if I continue living uh, with consciousness mm-hmm. and spirit and with all the passion I have, I will, I mean, the world is full of stories. Yes. yes it is. I don't see an end until I die, and even then it's not. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Cody, what's next for you? Well, gonna get back in the studio and start creating some new works and and uh, start uh, going to more shows and and get in try to get more stuff into galleries and. That's pretty much the drill. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. And I've already told you we're bringing, we want you to come to Camden in, in April and show some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> now, can you imagine yourself working with Charles again on, oh, on something? Yeah, yeah, of course. I can tell the two of, of you will probably be doing something together. Yeah. Anyway, Charles, what's next for you? Where you where you go when you leave here tomorrow, today, whenever? Where are you going? You know, um, um, the Equus Film Festival being a blessing, um, in so many different ways, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't, you know, filmed like it brings people together, of course. Mm-hmm. But um, and I was kind of upset that it didn't happen in New York. You know, I, I was like, oh, man, I want to go to New York. <laughs> but um, um, through coincidence, um, you know, Kentucky or Lexington is about an hour and a half south of Cincinnati, where I have family. You know, family that I haven't seen in a long time. You know, and I've never been in the same room at the same time. Really? Yeah, at the same time since like maybe babies. Wow. You know, I'm I'm an older I'm the oldest brother, but we've never been in the same room like babies. Same like individuals, mm-hmm. but not all together. Mm-hmm. And so during mm-hmm. this festival, they drove down mm-hmm. and we all got together yeah. and we saw each other. I saw my little oh. um, niece for the first time, and so this wow. happened for the um, Equus Film Festival, which I mm-hmm. can't stop smiling about. That <laughs> is so special. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, uh, it makes me um, happy that. Uh, here, so yeah. I think I really appreciate it. Did they see your film? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my no, gosh. That is so great. And, I know. And and have that showed here, you know, it's, it's just it's just a start of it. And um, if Lisa and um, Diane, mm-hmm. I'll, Diana, I'll be listening, yep. um, <laughs> I want to be one of your um, filmmakers with the channel and keep um, bringing in quality content from, mm. a, you know, and keep that different perspective going on. You know? Absolutely. And so, yeah, so, but I want to get paid. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you, we, there, I'll give you all the specs and everything. You can get it right in. We'll drop it on the channel yeah, yeah, right away. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So, um, cool. hell no. so the next thing that, um, to be quick, um, the next thing I'm going to work on is, um, you know, finishing the film. And after that, like, finding other stories and working mm-hmm. with um, other artists and other filmmakers like, you know, Karen. Yes, Lee, yes, and, yes. And um, That'd be a neat she collaboration. She yet, but, um, yeah, we were like. Go to Spain. He's coming. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so cool. Yeah, and um, and that happened because of the Equus Film Festival. That's right. You know, bringing people together and, and like-minded people together, and they chose a really, really good artist to come here because, um, hmm. you know, I liked everybody here. Yeah, yeah. It's a special crowd for sure. So, Karen, how could people find you if they wanted to reach out to you? They've got a story and they want you to tell it. How would they find you? Well, I have a 
website, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. karenseiler.com. Okay. And, um, well, a very active um, social media page, I mean Facebook or Instagram. And then, of course, the classical email, uh, which you can find on my website. I think I had about 20 live streams. So um, Great. the whole German, Austrian, Swiss, Switzerland community oh. is totally informed about what happened here. That is so well. Someday we'll just come to wherever you are. Yes. So, Cody, how can people find you? Where do uh, they look you up? Yeah, I have a website, and it's CodyBundy.com. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram. So, awesome. Yeah, under all the same name, Cody Bundy. And they, need, <laughs> they definitely need to see your artwork. Just you can't, I can't describe it. They just need to see it. Thank and so, Charles, I don't know how we're going to... Well, you, we can look you up. You have a website? Yeah, um, I have a website. Well, the movie has a website. It's okay. um, theblackcowboy.com. Um, Facebook has a huge social media, um, um, The Black Cowboy again. And then, um, and then actually, if you look up, like, Black Cowboy, Google it. Uh -huh. I mean, my, my brother comes up above Den Denzel Washington, actually. It's weird. <laughs> You know, like so, wow. No, no, that's pretty cool. Impactful, right? No, no, and, um, no. Google, Google, we'll Charles Google Wesley Perry, and um, some of my work will come up, and so that's kind of cool. It gets some of that recognition where absolutely I Google myself. Yeah, that's really great. Well, I can envision next year we're sitting right here, same place, same time, and we've all got new projects to share, and I'm looking forward to that. So we're on our way out now. We'll be heading over to the awards ceremony in just a few minutes, and I can't wait. I'm pulling for all of you. I can't wait to see what happens, and um, I hope you all have a great night. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. So Thank you. Yeah. See you all next year. Thank you for having us here. Please be sure to tune in next week when Julianne and I have another interesting conversation with one of our Equus Film and Arts Fest filmmakers, artists, or authors.